Just good to see everybody. Amen. Just good to see you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity, Pastor Justin and Annette. Thank you for giving me this opportunity and allowing me to come before you with a word in season from the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, this is 2023, right? The year of the maximum. We're going to the other level. And uh, is, is Brother Jim Neighbors here? Is he here? You back there on one of those cameras? Okay, I got to share this testimony with you, okay? January food outreach, right? I think it was the 6th or the 7th of January. Brother Jim's coming up to us. He, he says it to my wife. He says it to me. And he comes up and he gives me this cutie, okay? Now, everybody knows I like mandarins, right? They know I like cuties, right? So he comes up and he gives me this cutie. He's believing for a car, right? And he's telling me, I'm going to get a car. The Lord's going to get me a new car, right? Now, he sows this cutie into me, right? So I say, Lord, okay, I'm going to release my faith with Brother Jim. I'm just going to release my faith with him. He's believing for a car. He needs a new, you know, he needs a car. And, uh, okay, he's giving me this cutie. Lord, in your words, you said that when you send somebody out, if they're a prophet, if they're a righteous person, even if they're a little kid, a brand-new baby Christian, if you send them out and they're an ambassador of you, you know, if, if they'll receive from the Lord, they receive it from the Father. So I say, okay, take this cutie. I'm going to take this as a token of his faith, Lord, and I'm going to release my faith with his, right? And uh, it, it just works out really neat how the Lord sets these things up because it wasn't long after that that the Killians, right? The Philians, Philians, right? Jeremiah and uh, Kitty, the Philians, they had a car. And, they, and he wanted to sow it into somebody. So I think he got a hold of you, right, Pastor Phil, and asked, well, Brother Jim's been walking around, and he's been saying, this is, you know, I, I need a new car. The Lord's going to get me a new car. Now, folks, he sowed that cutie into me. Now, that was from the heart, man, because I, I tell you, I, hey, Lord, that's good. You know, bite into that. Oh, yes, get, get more, <laughs> amen, more cuties. And um, hallelujah. And uh, he, he said he had to park it in the back for a while because he wanted to fix it up. He wanted to make sure it was good to go to hand it to him. And, and I know Jeremiah is watching and I, I just wanted to tell him I was going to share that testimony because to me, it shows that everybody's going to the top. Now, I got to do one of the offerings in January, and as I was doing it, the Holy Spirit all of a sudden had me say, right, Jim? And I looked at Jim Neighbors, and I said, right, everyone's going to the top. And uh, it wasn't long after that that the Lord uh, fulfilled that. So I, I just want to encourage you. He's God. I don't know how he's going to do it. I just know he's going to do it, right? And if you'll just you know stay in faith, and if you'll just love the Lord, and uh, just let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. One thing leads to another. And then that was just so exciting. So I, thank you for letting me share that. Now, for those of you who were in the Army, okay, there was a movie back that was made in 1953 during the Korean War, okay? And I got to make sure I, I say this guy's name right. It's Richard uh, Widmark, okay? Richard Widmark. And uh, oh, who was the other guy's name? Well, I think it was Carl. Carl Molden, right? Okay, he's a drill sergeant, okay? Now, his job is to take the men that Uncle Sam bring him, okay? There's a war going on, and his job is to take the individuals that come to him. He doesn't handpick them. He doesn't say, I like person, I like that person, I'm looking for this kind of person, I'm looking for that kind of person. No, they bring him about 40 or 50 guys from all walks of life, and they bring them to him, and he's supposed to train these guys into a combat-ready soldier, right? And so he stands these guys up in front of the train. There's a group of graduates that are coming. They're up on the stage, and he said, you see these guys? These are soldiers. But you guys, you're not soldiers yet, right? You're not soldiers yet. But that's why we're here. We're going to train you as soldiers. And, of course, he goes on in basic training to, to train these guys, and they can't stand him because he's always in their face, right? He's always reminding them of this. He's always reminding them of that. But one thing he always did is he cared for every guy that he had, every guy that he had. Every guy crosses the finish line. Everybody. Well, I mean, what sense is it if you only have a couple guys make it or a couple people get the blessing, right? Or the couple people that learn how to walk in it. No. The job of the drill instructor was, and the company commander was, is to make sure everyone became a fighting unit, right? Working together and fighting together as a team. I mean, when we were in uh, Kenya, we had that uh, pro day where we had to, where everyone was doing all the uh, athletics, you know. And uh, one of the things we had to do was walk. It was a six, I think it was a six-mile walk. Well, they told us it was a 5K, but it ended up being an eight-mile walk. 
it, yeah, it wound up being eight miles. And, um, it was like three miles. It was long. I can just tell you that. It was a long walk. And um, Pastor Carla goes, now, for you guys that think you're going to be able to beat the Kenyans, uh, forget it. They're, they're, it's going to be a fast walk. And sure enough, man, when they said go, our leaders are gone. They should have just taken all the fast guys that were the leaders of each team and just put them all in one group and just let them run. Because when they said go, they were gone. And uh, I, ran, I was running trying to keep up with them, and they were just long gone. So about halfway, to, you know, I'm about two miles into the walk, and all of a sudden I look around, where's my team? Where's, where's everybody at, right? Oh, man. So what I do is, is I stop, and I started waiting for all the, the, the youth to come up, the teenage girls and the boys to come up, and I stopped, and I said, look, I said, we're going to finish this together. We're all going to walk together and finish this together, okay? It's a long walk. Let's work as a team. We'll finish this together as a team. And we spent about an hour, maybe longer, because it was an eight-mile walk, just talking and having a good time. But we all finished as a team. And I want to encourage you. That's the way the Lord is seeing this. He wants you to finish as a team, okay? Everybody is coming up. Everybody is going to the top. Everybody is going to the top, okay? Everyone. So I, I just wanted to share that with everybody, and thank you for allowing me to, to share that. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is spirit. It is life. It is just as powerful today as it was the day you spoke it. Holy Spirit, it is just anointed today as it was when you spoke it. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we're going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to your heart. And we're going to talk about purifying the heart today. We're going to talk about a pure heart but we're going to do it about offenses, Father, in the name of Jesus. And, and why offenses was so clear and so key to you, why it was so important to you to get this understanding out to everybody, and why the apostles were able to pick up on it, and how they learned to walk on it. So, Lord, as your words are spoken tonight, as we speak your words tonight, Holy Spirit, I know you're going to do what you did to me. I know what you're going to do when you always have your word spoken. It's going to be received, Father. And I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like everybody to go ahead and turn to Luke 17. And so give me about, we're going to go on adventure, okay? We're going to go on a Jesus adventure, all right? And we're going to go to Luke 17. I'm going to start at verse 1, and we're going to go, go to verse 10. And um, Jesus is outlining here about offenses. There's so much to talk about offense, and the Bible is so full and when you go to every chapter, I mean, every book in the Bible, you're going to find somebody talking about offense and how to deal with it and how to walk in love. And it's so important because they're blessing blockers. Oh, offenses can be such easy blessing blockers. But Jesus is talking to the disciples, and let's look at verse 1. And he says unto the disciples, it's impossible that offenses will come, right? But woe unto them who through they come. It's impossible. There's going to be an offense. It's going to happen. Why? Because the world has fallen, right? The unbelievers were living in a fallen world, right? And people are growing. People are maturing. Even Christians are growing and maturing, right? People are at different levels, different stages. It's going to happen, right? Offenses are out there. The enemy's going to see to it that he's going to try to sow discord with an offense, okay? What is an offense? It's a displeasure, an anger, a scandal. One of the definitions for offenses that caught my attention was causing someone else to stumble, that really got my attention. Any transgression of the law, that's divine or human. You know, speeding, someone stealing, anything that violates or breaks the law. Or something that Paul talked about and we see in the Bible, you know, fornication, adultery, things like that. Crimes, sins, acts of wickedness, omission of duty. Where's all my soldiers at? Omission of duty, injuries, attacks, assaults, basically strife, Right? Those are different kinds of offenses. There are scales of offenses also. It's easy to recognize some of the easy known offenses. But what about the little types of offenses that you don't really recognize? Like gossip. Very big. Very big. Gossip is huge. And if you're not careful when you're around a group of individuals, you've got to really be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because Clicks begin to form. People of like interest begin to gather. So you'll get these clicks. You'll get individuals that will hang out together. There's nothing wrong with that. But what happens is, is you begin to develop a type of culture when you're in that click. What you have to be wary of and be careful of, listen to what's being said, listen to what's being spoken. You have to be careful about what you say about other people. 
okay? And I just want you to key in on that as we go along, okay? There's a danger of offense. Why is offense so dangerous? Because both people involved are injured. The person that does the offense is being led by the enemy, whether they know it or not, right? They just don't understand. They're growing. They don't know. Or sometimes maybe they do know, but it happens, right? There's going to be someone that's going to be used by the devil, whether they know it or not, right? But what about the victim? Okay, the victim has to be careful. And that's why Jesus said, if we go to the next verse, if we go to the next one, verse 2, Oh, well, well, first let me read this part, verse 2. It was better for him if a millstone was hang around, hung around the person's neck that's causing the offense and thrown into the sea. Man, that's pretty powerful, isn't that? Someone who's going around, now think about it. Think about the love of the Lord. Think about you being a Christian. Think about you being the example and the ambassador of the Lord. And now what the act that you're doing is causing someone to stumble. Man, that is just powerful. You know, as Christians, as leaders, as saints, you know, we have to learn how to be responsible for our actions and our words. My God, you know, I come before the Lord and I cry out and I pray, Lord, forgive me, you know, if I've caused somebody to stumble. Oh, my goodness, you know, Lord, forgive me, you know. But that's what happens. That's what Jesus is saying. So that's a warning, right? That's a warning. When I was in the military, I had checklists. We would have warnings on our checklist. That means you could either damage property or damage a person, right? So it's a warning. Don't do this. It's serious, right? Go to verse 3. Take heed to yourself. Now, take heed. There's the caution for you and me. Take heed. Okay, don't get into unforgiveness. Don't get into judgment. Okay? The enemy knows this. I mean, and it's like an open door. So if you're not careful, even if you try to open it up, let it open up just a little bit, he's going to put his foot in there and he's going to push it open farther. Okay? So just be careful for that. And, And by the way, these are things that the Holy Spirit taught me when I was coming before him with a pure heart, and the Lord was dealing with me. But there are traps on both persons, and even groups, and they get involved. Jesus said in Matthew 22, I'm just going to, I'll just say it here, we don't have to go there, but Matthew 22, 36 to 40, when he was asked, what's the most important commandments? And he said, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But then he said, there's another commandment. And that is to take that love and love an individual the same way with it. It's, it's agape love. It, it's love without condition. It's love by choice. And, and Troy made mention of that on the offering when he said you come before the Lord and, and you realize something's going on. The Lord will point it out to you. If you ask the Holy Spirit, he'll tell you, right? And so you, you, you try to go settle it with the individual. And if you can't, because when I finally learned of this in the Holy Spirit, I said, Lord, there's a lot of people in my life that I've offended or got angry and who knows where they are, so I'm just asking you to forgive me of it. If I ever see him, Lord, I'll say I'm sorry, I'll apologize. But, you know, what do you do for someone who's, you know, way back when, you know? But it, it's really important to understand that we need to take that love, that agape love. The Hebrews called it, the, and the Lord called it the hesed love, the covenant love, unconditional love. Now, it doesn't mean you're stupid and let, and let someone take advantage of you, right? But, but I do it by choice. I do it by faith, okay? which is an interesting lead-in as we go along here. So let's see, what verse are we on now? We're on verse 3. Let's put it back up there if you could. we got encounters. I'll go ahead and read it. It says, Take heed to yourself. If your brother trespass against you, the scripture says to do something. It says rebuke him. Now this is an interesting word because when we read the word in the Bible rebuke, Jesus is yelling at the devil. He's yelling at, at the devils to come out. He's speaking to the wind. It's a verb saying that you're doing correction. Well, rebuke is basically correct him. Now I want you to key in on that word, correct him. Okay? What's the first thing somebody does when an offense comes? Whether it's your fault, whether it's their fault, it doesn't matter. An offense will try to come, Right? Okay, it'll try to come, right? That's the enemy. He's going to try, oh, did you hear what that person said? Or did you see how they responded to you? Or, or why did this? Or why that? He's going to take a magnifying glass. He's going to magnify it, right? You need to go to that person. And you need to go directly to him and rebuke him. Settle it, okay? Communicate. Settle it, okay? And we're going to go over some scriptures that'll show you how 
how to communicate and how to settle it. Now, it's, now you know, it, it's interesting. Sometimes emotion gets involved, right? Emotion, anger, feelings get involved with it, right? Well, you're going to have to learn how to deal with those. Faith doesn't work by feelings, right? It works by choice, by words. And, that's where the, and then we draw our strength from the grace of God and the word of God, right? But you've got to go to the individual. So I know it's going to be hard. Do everything you can do. But try to settle it yourself. Try not to get anybody else involved. Now, depending on how serious the offense is and the matter is, you may have to get other people. But try very hard not to influence someone else with your thinking because there's a reason. You may not have all the facts to the situation. Just because something appears to be some way doesn't mean you have all the facts. We're looking for the root to the fruit of the situation. Why is a person reacting this way? Why is this happening? We need to get all the facts, right, before we can actually make a firm decision. And that's why in wise counsel, you know, it's smart to get wise counsel. So go right straight to the Lord. Start praying in the Holy Spirit, right? So that's the danger of it. So we do all this. What, you, you forgive them. You've got to forgive them by love, right? But what is a rebuke? It's a communication. It's an act. It needs, to, it needs to release your faith. It needs to be done in agape love, hesed love, right, with the intent to restore that person back to the right condition. We want to restore. Jesus is in the business of restoral. This is what this is all about. And this is what makes a Christian different from the rest of religions in the world. We want restoral in an individual. We want somebody to love the Lord just as much as we do. We want them to have all the blessings. No curse. Blessing. Right? My mom used to tell me when I was a little kid, if you caught on fire, what do you do? Stop, drop, and roll. Right? I don't know why she always did that. Every time I went camping. You know, now remember, if you get caught on fire, I'm like, I don't want to get caught on fire. But what do you do? You stop, drop, and roll. Anytime a situation comes where the enemy's going to try to get you offended, or try to use you in the fence. Just stop dropping them all. <laughs> just go in for a second. Just pray to the Holy Spirit. Keep your mouth quiet. And just start praying and interceding. Do what you have to do. But just stop dropping roll, right? <laughs> Release your faith and intercede for them. But yeah, go to the person first. Try to settle it. Uh, think of this. Because this is what the Holy Spirit taught me. Gossip is communication that starts a wildfire. And that's the dangers of gossip. It's going to start a fire. Okay, it's going to cause division and it's going to change the thoughts of others. Okay, so now they don't have all the information. They just have your information. We call it hearsay, right? And I sit there and I, I think with the Holy Spirit, okay, Lord, now I'm getting pictures of this individual. Now I'm getting thoughts drawn about this individual. I have to be so careful when I'm hearing words from other people. It's not that I'm thinking they're lying to me. I just have to be careful and I have to weigh the situation with the Holy Spirit. I need to get all the facts before I can make a decision. And and I have to be careful that I'm not influencing your thoughts about somebody else, right? Because it can be dangerous because I may not have all the information, right? So uh, it's just something to consider and think about when we go over this. One of the things I'd like to do, we'll, we'll come back to um, Luke 17. Now, let me just sit here for a second. Now, I think I'll just go on. I'll, I'll just go on here, and then we'll go to these other scriptures here. But look at verse 4. So everyone read verse 4. It says, And if that person trespasses against you seven times in the day, seven times, now in another uh, area of the Bible, it says seven times seven in a day. And even in those days, he returns in those times and he asks for forgiveness and he repents. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to forgive him, right? And I asked the Lord this. I said, Lord, why? What is up with this? He's wanting to restore. Sometimes it's going to take people time to restore. Some people are at different maturity levels than others. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just that someone might not have experienced this before in their life. They may never have been put in this pressure situation. They may never have uh, been confronted like this, or they may have had this problem all their life. They never had a chance to grow up in the Lord, right? They never had that opportunity to grow and develop in that area. 
And the Lord was all over me when I started learning about this from him. And he said, Joseph, there's a lot of areas in your life that you never had time to grow up in and develop in. And so these are things that I began to work with the Holy Spirit with a pure heart, right? But this is the reason why the Lord is asking you, no matter how many times they're doing it, you know, to, to be forgiving, okay? And this is why it's so important that we pray for one another and that we intercede for one another. Because we're going to go to verse 5. I did what, exactly what the disciples said. Lord, you just told me if I cause an offense and get into offenses and start spreading offenses, I'm like a, like a guy with a rock on his neck talking to the fishes, right? And uh, it's like I'm just like them. Lord, increase my faith. Oh, my goodness. The light bulb finally came on, Brother Vic. I've always used my faith for healing. I've always used my faith for all the other blessings of the Lord, but I never used my faith to forgive others. You know, I never prayed for them. I never interceded for them. I never asked the Lord how I could bless them. So as I began to understand this, I was like, oh my goodness, Jesus, go to the next verse. What does Jesus say in verse 6? He says, use your faith. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, now this is interesting because he talks about a sycamine tree. That's got, that tree has some of the biggest roots in the world. If you ever try to pull a sycamine tree up, have fun. I mean, literally, you're going to need TNT, something to pull that thing up because those roots are just huge. And Jesus has said, so he says, use your faith, plant it, release your faith. Okay, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be plucked up by the root, get planted in the sea, and it will obey us. Let's put our faith to work on this individual, right? Let's put our faith to work. Yeah, Lord, okay. I've never done this before. You know, I'm going to put my faith to work for this individual. I'm going to believe they're going to restore. I believe the Lord's going to open their eyes. I believe by me praying for them, and I believe by me not, can, you know, not spreading gossip about them, I believe if I could just sit there and pray for them and begin to intercede and come against the devil. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? We, 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 our enemy is against the principalities that got a stronghold over that individual. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to pray for this person. And I'm telling you, as you start praying for the individual, all of a sudden the love of the Lord just comes all over you. I mean, it, and now you're praying for him. I'm just like, yeah. We had a situation when I was, I was a, I helped a youth group when I was at the Pentagon, at the church I went to. And there were two individuals, a brother and sister, that got into a fight, right? The, the brother was like 17, the sister like 14 or 15. But I mean, he just, in the middle of the whole, I mean, in the middle of what they were doing, just screams and yells at her. He goes one way, she goes crying another way. And I'm, I'm helping the youth pastor, you know, and I'm like, oh man, Lord, you know, what, what about this? So I come up to the, to the guy, to the 17-year-old male, and I say, what's up, man? This isn't like you. I mean, what's, what's up, dude? It's just like you're just screaming hard. He's all mad. He's walking around huffing. So I just go inside, and I just start praying to the Holy Spirit, Lord, you got to help me on this. And then all of a sudden, the Lord told me, he's got a big test tomorrow, and there's a lot of pressure on him. And he came to this event tonight, and I was just like, whoa. So I went up to him, and I said, do you got a big test tomorrow? And his eyes got as big as saucers, and he goes, yeah, I do. I said, ah, there we go. I said, you got a lot of pressure on you happening right now, don't you? And he goes, yeah. I go, that caused you to react to your sister this way. And so what you're doing is, is you're taking a lot of anger and frustration out on her. So we prayed together, and that spirit of fear and that pressure lifted off of him, and then he felt really good, right? And so then I look at him, I said, so now what do we got to do? You see your sister over there crying. She's with all her friends. He says, you got to go now and apologize, right? I know you didn't mean it. I know the pressure was what caused you to do it, but you need to go apologize. So I go over to her, and I explain the situation to her. So she says, okay. So they come together, and he tells her he's sorry. He apologizes. He's got that test. A lot of pressure was on him. You know, he's just a little antsy. And so he asked her to forgive her, and she forgave him. And so they hugged each other and went about their business, and he did good on his test the next day. And so the youth pastor came over to me and asked me what was going on. I said, nothing. I said, it's all settled. I said, there was just a little disagreement and something. It's all settled. He doesn't need to know. This is a situation that you don't need to go run into your pastor. You don't need to go run into some. You can settle this yourself. 
You can go to the individual and settle this yourself. And this is what the Holy Spirit taught me. How far do you want this wildfire of gossip to go? Your choice. You could either spread this fire and let this thing just engulf the whole church or engulf the people that are around you, or you can stop it right now. So my wife and I, we call them shift, shift changers, right? You start getting in the subject. Uh-oh, it start going the wrong way. Uh, hey, did you see Ohio State beat TCU? No, I'm sorry. I, I know that one. I won't, you know, no. <laughs> but if I start getting in those subjects and I see it going in the wrong direction, oh, time to shift. Let's get out of this. You know, we're getting into an area we may not want to be in. But Jesus says, use your faith. And then if you read the rest of the scriptures, you'll see what he says, 7 through 10. He starts talking about a servant. And he says, if you got a servant, you're not going to let him stop. You're going to put him to work, right? You'll put that servant to work until he's done doing, he or she is done doing the work they're supposed to do. You're supposed to do the same thing with your faith, right? Why he chose that example, I'm still learning from that parable. But I'm getting more and more nuggets from it as I go over it. But he's wanting you to use your faith in this situation until it completes the job and does what it's supposed to do. And that's why he used it. And then what he said, in the, now, now this is for me personally, what he said in uh, verse 9 and 10 really touched me. He says, does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded him? Jesus is expecting us to respond this way and act this way. Isn't that what he did on the cross? Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they do, Right? He's, he's expecting us to do this. It, it's a commandment from the Lord to walk in love, right? He says, so likewise, in verse 10, when you have done all these things which were commanded, you just say, I don't know, I'm a profitable servant. I just did what was my duty. Probably the only time I read in the Bible where you're actually doing the duty. And, and we military guys, we know exactly what that means right there. Um, your heart's in it. Your mind is in it. Everything you have is in that duty. So it's like, don't get big-headed, right? When, you, when you're correcting somebody, Yeah, okay, in this situation you have the knowledge, but where did that knowledge come from? It came from the Lord. The knowledge comes from God. And you might be in a situation later on down the road, you know, and so how you treat others is how they're going to treat you, right? I mean, that's that's how this works in the kingdom of heaven. But what I'd like you to do is go to uh, Proverbs 10, verse 12. You want to do what's right. You want to do what's good. The devil's got traps out there, and in 2 Corinthians, he talks about that. In the second chapter, verse 10 and 11, he talks about how the devil takes people captive. But what I'd like you to do is go to Proverbs 10, verse 12. Uh Uh-oh, hatred stirs up strife. Who's behind hatred? The devil, right? And what's he trying to do? Stir up some kind of offense. That's what strife means, an offense, some kind of transgression, right? But what does love do? It covers it. You, you actually stand in the gap for that individual. You, by you praying and interceding and you walking in love, you're actually giving this, the Holy Spirit, the right and the permission to just be on that person's case day and night. There won't be, believe me, there's not going to be any peace, any rest on that individual until th- that blessing removes that offense that was caused. And that's what's so beautiful about this scripture. If we go to Proverbs 17, verse 9, because I'm just going to let these scriptures do you like they did me when I'm reading them, you know. And the Holy Spirit was showing me these things. Proverbs 17, verse 9. Look at that. He who covers a transgression, a sin, a strife, he who covers that is seeking what? You got the heart of the Lord. That's the heart of the Lord when you're doing that, right? Uh-oh. He who repeats the matter. Uh-oh. What begins to happen Wildfire, what starts happening, starts separating the church, starts separating your friends. It just is like a, you know, just poof, just like a big, huge fire that goes up. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, Lord, forgive me. I was just like, so, you know, the Holy Spirit will bring it back up, right? He'll show you all those ears. All right, Lord, forgive me, forgive me. I get it. All right. I'm going to do everything I can not to repeat a matter. I'm not going to do this. Now, there's situations that, that have happened to me here when I've been at the church. I would have rather they come to me instead of run to the pastor first. Come to me, especially over areas that I'm in charge of. Come to me. I know the individuals I work with. I'll help you settle it. Don't go bother the pastor. You know, don't go bother him with these things. You know, go before the Lord, right? He's got other things to do, right? Yeah, seriously, right? I mean... 
It happens in the church. I'll have incidences with people, but I ain't going to go run and tell my pastor about them. No, what am I going to do? I'm going to do what Jesus says. I'm going to deal with the individual first, if I can. And depending upon the severity of it, depends on how many people you get involved with it, right? But let the Holy Spirit lead you. All right, Isaiah 50, verse 4. If we can go to Isaiah 50, verse 4. Because this, I've used this scripture so many times in my life. And I know the Holy Spirit's working on people here because he worked on me. And this is a beautiful thing because you're, this is called encounter. This is what these series are about, encounters. This is one of the best encounters you'll have with the Lord is where the coach takes you by the arm. And he, and he, he says, brother, he says, let me help you. I'm going I'm to pull this out of you. I'm going to get this out of you. Let me coach you. Let me coach you. Let me, let me get this out of you. You'll be so much better. You'll be so much stronger. Oh, my goodness. The devil will never be able to offend you again. And if he does, you'll know how to react to it. You'll know what to do. I, you know, when I read this in the, in the scriptures, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. I, I began to intercede on this and just begin to pray this out over my life and in every situation. Lord, I want to know how to speak. I want to say the right word at the right time. And if you look it up in Proverbs, they're everywhere in Proverbs. You can find a scripture that you can stand on for this. But I asked the Lord, Lord, you got to help me. you got to give me the right word at the right time. Just like those two kids that were arguing. I need to know what to say to settle the situation, right? And I thank you, Lord, because you awake me every morning. There's our encounter. There's our time with the Lord. He'll even show you things to come, right? Proverbs 22.3, right? A wise guy sees trouble before it happens and gets out of the way and it doesn't affect them but the simple guy that was me i always rolled the dice i was a simple guy rolling the dice and whatever number came up that was what happened in my life and i took it right but the simple guy he he keeps on doing what he's doing and, he, and all kinds of hurt and harm comes to him and so the holy spirit also you know in 14 15 and 16 in the book of john he'll show you things to come and so i started asking him every morning when i got up i started asking lord you know, help me in my encounters today. Help me have the right word to say today. Um, so it really touched my heart when I started seeing these from the scriptures. So that's why we forgive, right? And we know how to forgive. <laughs> Meek is not weak. Okay, I'm going to say that now. It takes courage to be a Christian. It takes courage to stand there in the face of an enemy and just stand there and by agape love, by love of decision, to not react to it. I mean, it takes courage. The meek are not weak. What do the meek do? They turn their cheek. It, it took me years. I, I was talking to Pastor Justin the other day. It was like, in karate, it takes years for guys to master a move to where they're so good at it and so fluent at it. They can do it any time. They can do it in their sleep, right? It took me a while to pick up on this, but when I finally got it, yes, the meek turn their cheek. They don't respond to the situation in the flesh. They don't respond to the situation, right, when they're angry. They don't let their emotions steer them. No, they turn their cheek. They're going to go to the scriptures. They're going to do what Jesus said, right? So hallelujah. So beware of judgment, because remember, we're trying to get people restored. We're trying to get them back. We want to get them to the top, right? So what is your intent during an offense? And this is what the Lord always asks me. What's your intent? Are you going to use your faith and your word to help others get free? Are you going to give them an opportunity to mature in an area they're having a problem in, right? In an area of life, they may never have had this opportunity or this experience, right? But by you walking in love, you're actually giving them an opportunity to repent. It's agape love. It's hefe, hefe, hefe. Hesed. Hesed love. It covers the multitude of sin, right? It, it covers the nakedness of the situation, right? And it gives you the ability. Because we know in the Bible, when two people come together, if we speak Jesus and speak his, his words and it's established in the heavens, so if we're loosing on earth and loosing in heaven and binding and binding in heaven, imagine what happens when you start to gossip. Imagine what happens when you're being used as a vessel to curse and you're using curse-type words instead of blessing-type words. Now you got the devil agreeing in the heavens. you got the devil standing there in the heavens, and it, it just allows it to, to go on. Um, hallelujah. What I'd like to do is go to Galatians 6. Let's go to Galatians 6, verse 1 to 5. 
brethren, and sisterin, <laughs> my fellow saints, if a man is overtaken in a trespass, in an offense, right? You who are a saint, you who are spiritual, we got to restore the individual. That's our job. We got to restore them in the spirit of gentleness. Why? Consider yourself. Because if, if you're not careful as a victim, you get over into judgment. And what happens when you start judging the speck in somebody's eye, but now you got this moat sticking out of your eye? You're not going to be able to see clearly enough to help your brother or sister take the speck out of their eye, right? And believe me, the measure that you set, the devil's going to remember it, and he's going to set that standard. And sooner or later, you're going to come into a, a, a problem or a situation where now you're going to be held, required to the same standards that you're holding everybody else. And so, man, don't you love the Holy Spirit? Father, I just thank you so much. We just thank you so much, Holy Spirit, that you are our teacher, our leader, our guide. You know how to show us how to avoid traps of the enemy, pitfalls of the enemy. You give us the words to speak. You give us what to say, Lord. And you love us. You love us. Mm. What's the next verse say? Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. That, he's talking about loving one another, right? Now, we fellow soldiers know what it means to bear another's burden, right? If, you're, if your partner's weak and he needs help, you're going to come help him carry his backpack. You're going to come help him do what he needs to get done. When I was in basic training, I was a distinguished graduate by a group of guys, right? Uh, man, my, you come to my wall locker, it was sharp. I mean, everything was a perfect three fingers apart on the hanger, everything was perfectly hanged. All those socks were made just perfect, everything, you know, undergarments, all of it. Drill sergeants would come to my wall locker and they'd look at that and they'd just be like, dude, man, you know. But this one drill sergeant came to me and he, he gave me, he demoted me and gave me demerits. And I was like, what are you doing? He says, you see your partner over there? He says, come here. And he showed me his wall locker. It was a mess. He says, you're over here. And this is your buddy. This is your, you know, your foxhole partner. This is the guy you're going to go into combat with. And you got all this knowledge, and you know how to do this perfectly. Why don't you help him how to do the same thing? Oh, man, it really got me, guys. This is why we carry one another's burden. This is why we're forgiving. This is why we love one another. Because we're a combat unit, and we are all going into combat together. And if the flank falls or the front falls and there's an opening, the enemy's going to take advantage of it. He's going to split the forces. He's going to come right through, right? So we need to watch and take care of each other, right? It doesn't matter how many links are in the chain. If one of them breaks, chain no good anymore, right? So what's the next verse? Verse 3. If, uh, boy, boy, the Lord always gets, gets me on this one here. I'll just let it sink in like it sunk in to me when I would read it, you know. If you think yourself to be something... When you're nothing, you're deceiving yourself, right? This is not my wisdom. This is not my knowledge. I don't set people free. Jesus sets them free. I'm just a vessel to love, just a vessel to do what he says. Yes, sir. No, sir. I love you, Lord. Yeah, he's my daddy and I love him, but he's also my commander in chief. I'm going to do what he says to do, right? And don't get the high head, right? Don't get over into pride, right? And, ah, and so, you know, I just thank you, Lord, that, you know, we, we see these things, Lord. We're, we're able to understand that knowledge puffs up, like Paul says. It'll puff you up if you're not careful, but love is what edifies, right? Now, what he wrote in the scriptures, and when I, I, I thought about that when I read that, that verse. What's the next one say? Verse 4, but let each one examine his own work. Yeah, yeah. I'm hard on myself sometimes with the Lord, and the Lord gets on me about that, but I examine myself, right? I'm not going to examine others. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit tell me how to examine a situation, right, and examine the words that have been spoken and the things that I'm doing, but I'm going to examine myself, right? And then I rejoice in that, right? And then, you know, and then in one another. And then we say verse 5. What's verse 5 say? For each one bears his own load. And again, being, being in the military, being a soldier, you understand that. I'm responsible for my gun, I'm respo- my, my weapon, not my gun, right? My weapon, I'm responsible for my pack, 
right? I'm responsible to make sure I'm set and ready to go to the fight, right? So that I can help my brother and sister. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures tonight, okay? Because I'm believing the Holy Spirit is going to talk to you. I believe he's he's bringing things up to you, bringing up past events or maybe a current event, right? But we're going to use the Word of God to to set us free, right? We're going to use the Word of God to set someone else free, right? And and that's what we're doing tonight. So we're, we're, we're busting down strongholds tonight. The thoughts that try to go over somebody's mind in the name of Jesus. We come against you, devil, in the name of Jesus. You're not going to mess with, not, not our troops, uh-uh, not, my, not my squadron, not my guys in my platoon, uh-uh. No, we're going to the top, every one of us. We're all going to the top. Divine health, divine prosperity, right? We're going to be walking in the love of the Lord. We're going to be seeing the Lord do things here. And, and I'm telling you, I'm feeling it. I'm sensing it in this group of individuals here. I'll go to combat with you anytime. I'll be in a foxhole with you. Yeah, I'll go into combat with you. I mean, seriously, I mean, any one of you all. And um, hallelujah. I'd like to go to start to wind this up. Um, well, let's go to Matthew 5. I, I need to go to that. Matthew 5. I'll do, take about five more minutes here. Matthew 5. We'll go to uh, verse 38. And again, there's so many scriptures we could go to in the Bible that talks about this. All right, you're doing good, troopers. You're doing good. Hang it up. Hold it up. (laughs) All right, verse 38. You have heard it was said. Now, this comes from the Old Testament. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? Restitution. Some of you all might be in legal battle. Some of you might have gotten into a legal battle, right? Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, right? What is the Lord trying to tell Moses in the Old Testament? Hey, person who caused the offense, or hey, person who caused the problem, shouldn't you be thinking about restituting or restoring the other person? And that was the whole purpose of this, right? But go to the next verse. But I tell you, don't resist an evil person. Uh Uh-oh, be careful. Be careful when legal things happen, okay? Be careful. Offenses happen, especially if they're legal. Be careful. Don't get caught up. And an emotion. Don't get caught up in the, ha- the anger, okay? Don't get caught up in that stuff. Whoever, whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And that's where I finally learned from the Holy Spirit. React the way the Holy Spirit tells you to react. He's going to show you how to react in every situation, particularly if they're legal. Because I had a legal thing come against me. And my wife remembers, Pastor Justin remembers, I came here when I first got here, like 11 years ago. And I had a legal issue going on. And... Man, my emotions were all over it, and I had to come before the Lord and release all of that. And I wound up winning my case. And, uh, but I, I, the Lord was able to keep me from getting into the dangers of that. Um, go to the next verse. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let them have your cloak also. This doesn't make any sense to the human mind. The guy is suing me. The guy is offending me. He's causing all these problems. It doesn't make any sense human sense to me to do this. This is where I have to trust the Lord. Brother Keith Brother Keith and I were talking to the girls uh, on our Zooms that we do on Sunday, and a girl asked the question about, you know, an example of how do you trust the Lord? And I used the example of forgiving your enemy, loving your enemy. I said, I did not agree with that scripture when I read it. I did not, I'm going to be honest. I did, Lord, I'm honest with you, pure heart. I don't agree with this, you know, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to do what your word says. Okay, Lord, how do I react to this situation? What do I do in this situation? Give me the words, tell me the actions to do, and I'll do it. But I'll keep a loving heart, and I'll be in a forgiving heart. Okay, so go to the next verse. And whoever compels you to go to a mile, one mile, go with them too. All right, Lord, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm going, I'm going the whole way. I'm going to put my faith to work like what you said in Luke 17 until this thing is settled, until this thing is done. And even if I have to, even though I wasn't the one who perpetrated it, and I asked the Lord this, Lord, why do you make me be the one that goes sometimes, almost all the time, and talk to the other individual or do something nice for the other individual? Why do I have to be the one that does this? I mean, you ever get that sometimes? And it's just like, because you're the one that understands. You're the one that's going to allow me to be used as a vessel to help this person recover. You know, so I was like, okay, Lord, I'll go ahead and do it, you know. So, 
So amen. So I'll just thank you, Holy Spirit, right? Thank you, Lord, for these wisdom, these words of wisdom. Because Jesus would go on to say in another set of scriptures, and I'll just say it really quick. If you're angry at your brother and it's without a cause, watch out. Because he's going to watch how you respond. And you start calling people names and you start saying curse words at somebody and you start saying damnation words at somebody and you start getting over into that situation and you start fighting with them. He says, hello, now you're in danger of being judged yourself just like that individual that caused it. Oh my goodness, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this stuff is really serious, isn't it, Lord? It's really serious. So you got to watch your mouth. And then, of course, Jesus says this, he also said in Matthew 5 where he's talking and 6 and 7 where he says, you, you love your enemy, you forgive them, right? And you do it by faith, right? And you bless them, right? Now, he lets his sun shine on the, the just and the unjust, right? I mean, I walk out there today, it's there. The Lord is merciful, right? He'll bless. You know, the rain will fall on people, Right? When I, when I read that, I understand about sowing and reaping, right? I understand that. What you sow, you reap. But look at it from the eyes of God. God is so loving that he is willing to forgive somebody and, and will, like that, bless them if they'll just step over, you know, and just come into that forgiveness. And Jesus would go on to say to be perfect, just like your Father in heaven is, is perfect. And that, that really got me when I read that. He expects this from us. So here's how the Holy Spirit asked me to say this and do this tonight. If there's anyone here that has unforgiveness in your heart, and again, whether you cause it or whether it happened to you, right, the bottom line is is one's a victim, the other one's a, a perpetrator, right? But it's the devil who orchestrated the whole thing. He's the enemy, right? Because if we knew the truth, we wouldn't do this. Right, And if we would allow ourselves to stay in repentance a little bit longer, and, and I'm so happy for what we learned on Sunday about what it, repentance really is and what it means. You're getting close to God. You're having encounters with God when you repent. It's just so wonderful. And so I want you to see that situation, and I want you to see yourself handing that over to the Lord. And, and, I just, and we're just going to, Father, in the name of Jesus, you know, we release our faith. For, for these individuals, Lord. We release our faith. I mean, we're teammates, we're saints, right? And everybody goes to the top. And the devil's splitting people up. He's causing problems. And Lord, it really doesn't matter, Lord, who's right or wrong in the situation. The problem is, is everybody's getting affected by this. So Father, we just release by faith. By faith, we release offenses, any harm, any hurt that came to us. And Lord, here's, here's the part that I had to trust you on, but boy, it changed my life. Lord, not only do I forgive them, but Lord, bless them. Oh my goodness, bless them. I mean, open doors and opportunities for them. Give them an opportunity, not only to see the truth, but excel in the truth. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Now, thank you for allowing me to, to share with you my heart on this. It, you did good. I mean, it's not easy to sit here for you know, 30, 40 minutes and, and listen to this. But, but thank you kindly. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Justin. Very good, Joseph. Very eloquent. Very heartfelt. And, um, you know, there's an aspect of offense that I think if we're really honest with ourselves, we we all have some sort of thing that's t- taking place within our in in our heart somehow. And why it's so important to deal with offenses and get offenses out of your heart and be free from other people is because of the flow for the flow of God to flow through your life. There's another offense that I don't think a lot of people will even admit to, you may never admit to, and and um, and it's this aspect of being offended at God. I think that's a that's a situation that you, know, you 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 would never say come into a church and say, I'm offended at God. 
But yet, deep down, when situations may arise or things happen, things may not turn out the way you thought they may have turned out. You can kind of have an attitude of this, and this is what kept coming up in my heart and wasn't sure if I needed to share it or not, but, you know, Gideon was hiding in the wheat, and God comes to him and calls him a mighty man of valor. And Gideon's response to him was this. Gideon said to him, O Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? And where, it's kind of like, and where are all his marvelous works? Which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So you can have a call of God on your life. You can have purpose. You can have all these things, but because of offense in your heart, you're hiding. And you can't let the free flow of God to flow in your life. But you know what? God didn't, God didn't, ever, didn't condemn him for his thoughts. God kind of ignored it and said, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this, your might of yours. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites as I have sent you. I mean, God, God said, okay, all right, you got that off your chest now? You, 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 good? The thing, are you going to let this continue what, what you think? And the thing is, 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 it was their issues on why they were in bondage to the Midianites. God wasn't God. But that was, that was a mentality. If we're not careful, we'll have that same mentality and be offended at God. And it's the same, and it's the same thing. Take it to him. Take it to God. God, I don't understand. It's okay to say that. Don't accuse, though. Ask God, show, I don't understand, Lord, but show me. I'm not, I don't understand why that happened that way, but, Lord, I ask you to open my eyes. I know I'm either missing something, show me in your word. It was things I was like, Lord, things that I faced and things I went through, you know, why is this happening to me? The enemy will always be the enemy. You know, and so so always look at things from that perspective. And so I just believe there was some, some people in here that needed to hear that. Joseph, just a masterful job, I believe, tonight. Amen. Amen. Father, we just, Lord, uh, help us to be just open books. Holy Spirit, continue to just continue to work in our hearts and Lord, that there would be nothing in our hearts that would hold us back from our future. Nothing in our hearts that would hold us back from our destinies. And Lord, nothing in our hearts that would hold us back from trusting again. Anything to hold us back from new relationships. Help us not to sabotage the right relationships that you're bringing into our life because being hurt in past relationships. Because we do not want to miss out in the blessing of divine connections. In Jesus' name, heal our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. So you receive that tonight? Hallelujah.